Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So we are in the middle of a divorce. It should be final within the next couple weeks. Um, we were having a lot of issues. There was infidelity involved. And I decided. Who was separate. unfaithful? him. Okay. Um, it wasn't the first time. This is the plaintiff, Donnie Gray. He says his niece's ex-husband, the defendant, cleared out their joint bank account and stole $500 in cash he gave his niece as a gift. This $500 did not belong to him. He was caught red-handed stealing it, and he's suing him for just that today in court. This is the defendant, Tim Collins. He says his ex-wife, Courtney, who is the plaintiff's niece, took $500 out of their bank account without authorization. So he just kept the $500 in cash the plaintiff gave him. In his eyes, they're completely even because he has proved Courtney stole the money from their bank account and therefore he doesn't owe anybody anything. He's accused of cashing and dashing. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Gray, you are suing Mr. Collins for 500 bucks that he, according to you, did not give to the person you instructed him to. Tell me how you two know each other, Mr. Gray. He married my niece. Okay. And my understanding is that you kind of raised your niece? I did. Okay. Uh, her mom died at an early age, and my mother actually, you know, was the main person raising them, but okay. uh, they spent some time in my house, quite a bit of time. Okay. So yes, we was real close. And are they still husband and wife? Yes, ma'am. They're going They're through- Filing for divorce. Filing for divorce. Speak, okay. But it's not final. Right. Mr. Collins, are there children from that marriage or no? Yes, ma'am. Okay. One, a daughter. And how, how many years have you been married? 14. Okay. All right. So what happens, Mr. Gray? Uh, why is it that you were in contact with Mr. Collins? Uh, what went down was 
they lived in a city about two and a half hours from here, out of you know, out of town. And uh, she, he cleaned out the bank account and left her behind without any money, no money in the checking account or anything. Well, I heard about it, and so I called Courtney and I tell her, "Look, I'm gonna send you some money." I You're said, gonna send the money with the guy who wiped her out? Well, let me let me tell you, Your Honor, what I'm the way I went down to do it. <laughs> no, I didn't trust him. Okay, but I did say. We can, I can mail it to you. Well, he had their daughter, and he was supposed to have been taking their daughter, which is Ella, home. And so Courtney said, why don't you just give it to Ella? I did not give it to him to start with. I specifically gave it to Ella. Okay. How old is Ella? She's 11. Okay. So did you tell Ella what you were giving her? I, no. No one knew it was money in the envelope. So All you just said to Ella, give this to your mom? That's exactly right. I had on envelope Courtney only. What could go wrong? Ella and uh, <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I had my suspicions <laughs> to start with. No right. You just told me how he wiped out the bank account and left her with nothing. <laughs> All right. So well, I, hey, it was her idea. It wasn't mine. I know. It was a terrible idea. She's the woman who she's the woman who didn't think of going to the bank and getting her half. All right. So go on. What happened? Well, she did later. Yeah. That's what happened. I know. We're going to okay. get to that. She talked to her sister. And then on Saturday morning, when she knew that the check had been deposited, that he had made that week was in the bank she went and got half of it out and she didn't get she didn't really get even half of it but anyway she got five hundred dollars out of the account so he calls me and he's gonna tell me i put the five hundred dollars in the account and told her she'd go ahead and take it out now well that didn't sound right to me and i told him i said well, what you doing open the envelope you weren't supposed to open the envelope anyway uh. he didn't even know it was money in there but when he seen where she had taken out five hundred dollars then he comes up with this scheme to make me think that was the five hundred dollars that I was going to give her anyway. But as it turns out, the five hundred she, she took was over. He she had already taken it. That five hundred was out of his paycheck, and she had the right to get that money to start with. He should have. Where is she with you? Is she with you? Yes, ma'am. Can I hear from you her? Talk to her. Yeah, I sure yes, do. Okay, can you go ahead and sit in? There we go. Hello. Dar Darlin, how old are you? Me, 30. You look 15 years old. <laughs> Seriously. A lot of people say that. Yeah, I bet. I bet I'm not your first. Um, can you raise your right hand? Yes, Can you swear in, please? You solemnly <laughs> swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I hope you, God. I do. Thank you. All right, so you can put your hand down now. Can you tell me what happened? I can. Um, so we are in the middle of a divorce. It should be final within the next couple weeks. Um, we were having a lot of issues. There was infidelity involved and I decided who was unfaithful him. Okay. Um, it wasn't the first time. So I went and stayed with a friend because I didn't feel honestly, he was having a lot of mental health issues that he had been dealing with. And so I didn't feel safe staying there. And he winded up leaving to come back two and a half hours, which is where we are now back at home with family. And um, I decided to go back to the house since I knew it would be safe. And at the time, I went to the bank account to get out money because my landlord is um, needing money. He also, I had a loan on my vehicle I needed to pay. And there was, everything was white. Zero. And I had no, there was like maybe $13 in okay. there. Maybe. Okay. Um, I do have my statements. but um, and When did that happen? It was October, the beginning of October. Of 2020? We separated. Or of 2021? Uh, this year. 
of this it, year? It was, it was okay. probably around the 1st of October. Okay. And so I obviously went to uh, my friend that I had been staying with and I was like, what do I need to do? I'm kind of stuck here. I'm in this situation. And um, she told me that she knew legally that um, I was allowed to, when the next check hit, that I, because we had a joint bank account, that I was legally entitled to half of what was in the bank account. Was there a pending divorce at that point? Well, like, had someone filed for divorce? I filed on the 14th of last month. So at the time that the money was taken out by him, was there a pending divorce? No, ma'am. Okay. So then the divorce gets filed in the middle of the month. And then what happens? So I went to the bank because I'm dealing with um, a narcissist. <laughs> and I went to the bank and I knew how he thinks because I've been with him 13 years. And I knew he would do the same thing with the next check and withdraw the money because he wants me to have to depend on him. Um, so what I did was I went to the bank and I waited right before they opened and I went to the ATM because I knew I could withdraw 500 out of the ATM. And I have the bank statement showing that I even left probably 700 in there. So I didn't even withdraw half of what was in the account out. Okay. I only withdrew 500 because I had bills and things that had to be paid. Okay. Had there been and any talk when you guys everything. split up, had there been any talk about how the money was going to be divided or anything? Oh no, not at that point. No ma'am. Why is your divorce going through so quickly? Is this a, a um, it, it's agreed upon? Yes, ma'am. We did wind up agreeing upon. And what was it that was agreed upon? 50-50? Yes, ma'am, basically. Okay. So let me hear from you, Mr. Collins. What's going on? So I, I feel like I need to give you a little bit of backstory on me because they're, they're kind of, they started off cutting me down with the narcissist stuff and I'm not going to attack them at all. Okay. But, um, when the divorce happened, there was text messages, what she calls infidelity. Um, it was one, one night of inappropriate text messages that didn't turn into anything, a meetup or pictures or anything. She decided that was grounds for divorce. And that's okay because she's been twisted for a long time and I've been trying to help her and I can't. Anyways, so she said she wants me to leave. I get kicked out. I go sleep in Walmart parking lot. So the house is hers. I say the house is yours. Everything we have, whatever you want. We didn't have any money in the bank at this point because I had just got my job. Um, we were waiting on like my second paycheck to come in and, and we, she was right. We had things to pay, but she's not as aware of, of everything we needed to pay because she's never been any help in that way. Um, so when the paycheck hit my account, Ella was with me. It was a cold day. I was thinking about, um, I needed to get her a coat because Courtney didn't pack anything to bring with her. And I woke up and I checked my bank account and Courtney had ran and, and pulled $500 out without even saying anything to me. We well, let me ask you, had you said anything to her when you pulled out 100% of what was in there a few days earlier? That wasn't until, no, that wasn't until afterwards. Uh, so, so we had talked, the talk about money, um, I knew she was going to have a hard go because she doesn't have a job and she doesn't have any work history. So I don't want, I'm not trying to hurt her. I just want to be free of this. Um, so I said, if I, you know, if you determined that I did the wrong thing, I will, I will, I will own up to that, but I don't feel I did. She says that you wiped out the account as soon as she broke up with you. Mm -mm. No. So I what day did you wipe that, out the account? Um, about an hour after she pulled the $500 without talking to me. And I sent the bank records proving that. Okay. Everybody card, hold on. We're going to look at some bank records now. Did you pay the rent for October, Mr. Collins? Yes, ma'am. That's that check you see on the first for eight hundred dollars. All right. So I'm seeing on October 1st, your payroll check comes in nine hundred and seventy seven dollars and forty one cents. That comes in on October 1st. 
Yes, ma'am. It's 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 set a couple times in the month. It kind of changes. So there's an eight hundred dollar check for rent that you paid. Is your rent eight hundred dollars, Ms. Columns? It is. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So then it looks like he paid the rent on the first of October from the account. Why are you saying he left you high and dry with rent bill? Well, I mean, it was coming up the next month, but also the wait. The next month is wait. Stop. Stop. The next month is November first. You told me, and you probably told your uncle that when he left, he left you high and dry and wiped you out. Well, it turns out that I see here that he paid the rent. Okay, but I also had the car payment. Sure, I understand. We had. Did you pay the car payment, Mister Collins? She left it with our landlord, who we had worked out a, a deal with. Why the landlord? What does the landlord have to do with the car? He's the person we bought the car from. Oh. He was also a friend and the person we went to church with. Okay. I, I had sent pictures. So well let me that. ask you a question. If the, if, the, if the divorce, everybody agrees it's going to be half and half of everything, then I imagine that it would be half and half of the paycheck that came in uh, and half and half of the next paycheck that comes in until you guys That's- have settled. She said it was 50-50. Uh, she had told, she had called me and said, I, I did some looking and it looks like child support for Arkansas is $500 a month. What do you think about that? So the papers we have signed, she has signed papers agreeing to only $500 a month. I gave her way over that for October because I understand it's hard to get What started. did you give her for but, October? Uh, well, first I paid her rent. You'll also see about $300. In well, this is also your daughter's rent, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So okay. that's why I took care of her. Okay. Yes, and, then, and then my what? daughter's not going to want for anything. Right. And, and then what? And then, and then they hand me an envelope. I put it in the middle of my car. I was going to take, take it to her. And then I wake up the next morning and she doesn't say anything to me. $500 is missing. And I, she doesn't even know the bills we have to pay because she's left the car. She's left the house. She's, she just doesn't know what's going on right now. I, I, I'm kind of scared for my daughter's money. And so I go get the rest out an hour later, but you won't find bank charges where I did that before money. All our money was in the account and she had access up until that point that she got that bad advice. Okay. You had said, you had said to me that I took care of her that month. So what else did you pay besides rent? So if you look at the bank statements, she, she just had unrestricted access. So if she needed to go to McDonald's, she just swiped the card. The money was just sitting in the account until that point. Any money I had, she had access to. Okay. I'm not as bad of a guy as they're trying to make me look out. <laughs> well, let's talk about the $500 envelope, okay? How did you yes, see that there was $500 in that envelope? Um, she had, I put it in the middle and forgot about it, middle of my car, because I knew I was going to be driving back to the city to take my daughter back. And, um, and a couple of days later, she texts me. Well, after she had pulled the 500 out and I went and got the rest of the money so, so Ella would be secure. She texted me and said, don't forget that envelope when you bring Ella. And I texted back and I said, well, obviously you must have needed that money or something because you just went and pulled it out of my account without talking to me. So I, I, she reminded me of the envelope and I went and opened it up. Either our money is all our money together and or it's all separate and they can't make up their minds which one it is. So they're going to hand me money and she can keep it separate or my paycheck hits and she can have half my money. But either way, they want it to fall her way. I want to do the right thing, Judge, but I I need you to tell me what that is. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. 
Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking at the bank accounts and I can't see where he, quote, wiped you out. I'm not seeing any of that. Um, I see that you guys are living hand to mouth and there's very little in the account until his paycheck comes in. Okay, so I really cannot find this bank statement, but I'm telling you. No, but I I now have them. I have the bank statements from October 1st. Okay, but does it go before that? Well, no, because your breakup doesn't go before that. So when would he have wiped you out? I thought you said you guys broke up in October. All I know is I went to the bank and there was no money in the bank. Yes, sometimes there's no. Apparently that happens to you guys a lot because his paycheck is $900 and the rent is $800. So, yeah, there's like, yes. Do you work? You don't work. Me? Yeah, you. I own my own business. Say it again. I have my own business. What do you? I have a cleaning business. Okay, and where does that money go? Does it get deposited in the joint account? Uh, Yes, ma'am. Most of the time, or it goes straight to bills. Or if we need to eat on it or groceries, we'll use it to that. It's her spending money. Okay. All right. Let me have Mr. Gray back. So there's no dispute about the facts of this case. They're very, very clear. Everybody agrees to them. What happened is you were given, you were, you were not even entrusted. Ella was entrusted with an envelope. How is it that you get your hands on the envelope that Ella was entrusted with, Mr. Collins? Because apparently she left it in my possession in the middle of a car. Why do you hand $500 to a, to a child? It was yeah, in it's the not, of my it's car. ridiculous. So you open up an envelope addressed to someone else. Uh, well, I mean, I opened up an envelope sitting in the middle of my car. I didn't read it. I'm sorry. Did you open it up? It said yes, Courtney on the outside, right? It did. And it you know who Courtney is, right? You didn't forget. In, yeah, in right. The, yeah. In oh, I remember because she just pulled out half my paycheck that morning. Right. So you open it up and you find out so it's our money. together, right? Did you just wink right. at me? Is that what just happened? I was like, I'm so astounded at their lack of, of discernment in the situation that they think I'm trying to rob them. When I, when you can clearly see that I, I'm trying to do the right thing and take care of her. I know. And I'm going to tell you what the, the right, I'm going to tell you what the right thing is in a second. And I hear what you're saying. And that's why I know, but I don't just say, oh, you louse, you left her high and dry, typical man. I don't work that way. I don't think that way. I don't, I don't accuse people. Thank like you. I'm discerning the facts here to figure out exactly because I want Uncle Donnie to know because he's getting one side of it. And I want to figure out what really happened because I want Uncle Donnie to know because there's going to be future contact here. And so I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't see where you wiped her out. I don't see that. I see Donnie where, uh, Mr. Gray, where he paid the rent October 1st. So it's not true that he left her high and dry on the rent. Okay, so now I've cleared your name of her accusation. But now we get to get to the nitty gritty of this case. And what do we have? We have her, in your estimation, taking money she's not entitled to. She has a point when she says, judge, he's about control. If you know that it's half hers because she's married to you, why doesn't she 
have access to half of it. I guess you're annoyed that she oh, didn't she did? tell you. And yeah, she, she took it. You felt it was dishonest. Right, because right. she's not paying the bills with them. You're stuck paying her bills. And I hear right. you. But my point is, Mr. Gray, you see how there's two sides to things? And this is something you hash out in the divorce when you, when you enter into the settlement. And then hopefully you're able to co-parent effectively because everybody, the one thing everybody agrees on is Ella's special and everybody loves her and she's a great kid. And she does, we don't want Ella caught in the crosshairs, right? Yes, ma'am. Right. Now, here's the thing, though, Mr. Collins. I realize that there's a poetic justice to what you did. Here you are. You can't believe she took $500 without saying anything. And boom, there's a gift from God. There's $500 in an envelope you opened that was addressed to her. Isn't that something? Well, you can't do that. Legally, you cannot do that. And here is the reason that you can't do it. What we have here. See, if this was Ms. Collins suing you. Then you can say, hey, but she took this. And judge, you got to do a tally and figure out who's right. That's not the case I have in front of me. The case I have in front of me is Mr. Gray gives an 11-year-old an envelope addressed to his niece. And you intercepted it and put it in your pocket because you felt that the intended recipient didn't deserve it because of what she'd done the day before. And you see, it's not your envelope to put in your pocket. It's right. not your well, according to our verbal agreements before she was only entitled to $500 a month. But when she walked up, tell and, it to the divorce judge before you sign, tell right. it to the divorce judge before you sign. Is the our document. money together or is it separate? That's a I mean, something that, for your that divorce hers, judge. But, that's something for, right. see, okay. that's like self-help. It's like a landlord saying you didn't pay the rent. I'm going to take all your furniture and put it outside and all your belongings and change the locks on the door. Yeah, it's poetic. It has a certain yin yang to it, but it's not the law. Right. It's the same thing with this. This is money he gave to the 11 year old to give to his niece. You're not entitled to any of it. If you want to get recompensed for what you felt was her doing something wrong, then that's what you hash out in the divorce proceedings. But you can't take the money he sent her and hijack it and put it in your pocket. Verdict for the plaintiff in the amount of the five hundred dollars. And having said that, I, I, I really I hope and I have kind of a little bit of faith about this that you folks figure this out before the divorce next week and decide who's entitled to what and abide by whatever the judge tells you or whatever you agree in front of the judge, because I'm sure this is going to be a speedy, uncontested divorce. That's why it's happening so fast. So whatever it is that you guys agree to, if you're not going to account for that 500, then you're not going to account for that 500. If you want to account for that 500, then you need to account for that 500. If you're just going to call it water under the bridge, since she's a mother of your child and it's been 14 years, then just call it water under the bridge. But let's start fresh. Right. Let's start fresh from here on in because Mr. Gray has all the legal right in this case. It wasn't your money to hijack. And if you want to account for it, account for it in the divorce. Go ahead. What did you want to ask, Mr. Collins? Okay. I do want to say that I came being honest. He has no proof of hitting me cash. I just agreed to that under oath for one. Secondly, I do want to say that this man, I took his mother into my house when he was way better off than I was. I took care of her every day. And I had conversations with her every day, man. You weren't there. Don't laugh at me. That's not, that's not cool. But here's the deal. The first text message you sent me when I said, Courtney, you already got that money out of my account. The first thing you said to me is I knew you were worthless from the time I met you. And your lack of discernment about me is the reason the reason this is happening. Okay. I just want to say that. All right. I wish all of you luck. Um, I often regret letting someone have because I think it just damages more, but maybe not. Maybe he got it off his chest. 
um, because um, I said what I needed to say. Your gotcha. mother knows. All right. Good luck, everybody. Laugh all you want. You're a great guy. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Tim. What a Christian. <sighs> wow. So the judge has figured out this case, and the plaintiff is indeed entitled to the $500 from the defendant, Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins, uh, you, you heard the judge. What do you think right now? You okay with that? You understand it? I'm just happy it's over, sir. Yes, sir. The money was never the issue. It was getting these people away from my daughter. All right. Well, let's hope you can work this out in the divorce proceedings and things will go smoothly from here on. Uh, Mr. Gray, <laughs> what, what are you yes, thinking sir. right now? You're going to get that $500 back. Yes, it's only right. He knew it was a scheme from start with him. He thought he was going to tell me what he did and that I was going to be okay with it. Well, the bottom line, he was not supposed to open that. He knew that. He was standing right beside of Ella when I gave it to her. And I told her then in front of him, do not let anyone else open this envelope. It's for your mom, you know. And he did. So, I mean, he's wrong. And you obviously felt you had no other recourse but to file a lawsuit against him. Is that that exactly. way it worked out? All right. Well, like you think this will solve he's a narcissist, and he thinks everybody picking on him. I'm not picking on him. But he's never really been what he wants to perceive himself as being, you know. He, he tried to make everyone think he's an honest person, but he's really not. And I found out for sure with this. All right. Congratulations. You're going to get your money. It was worth the lawsuit. Harvey? So the short story here, Doug, is that you cannot use self-help to cure a debt, to get your money back, especially if it involves stealing. Now, if you have a lien on the property uh, and somebody owes you something, then you can enforce that lien. But without a lien, you cannot use self-help. When I am walking my dogs and a moose dog approaches us, is it the dog owner's responsibility if my dog bites their dog? Okay, I'm gonna say no. You're probably never gonna have to pay for that in that circumstance because people have an obligation to keep their dogs uh, safe and on leashes and away from running around like that uh, on the loose. What are your thoughts on that? The same. You know, the law doesn't punish the dogs right. for being dogs. They're animals. Right. We right. punish the humans for their behavior, which is not having the dog on a leash, not respecting the leash law. Right. But there's always there's always that weird exception. If you if, you know, the little dog uh, Fluffy comes running over and you've got your uh, your dog on a leash and as it's getting close, you're holding the dog close. And then you give it a little leash and you go, get him, chopper. Yeah, and then right. your dog comes <laughs> well, then you'd be punishing. Okay. Right. Then you'd be punishing the behavior of get him, chopper right, as right, opposed right. to. So there is always some outlier situation. Yeah. And by the way, as long as, as long as I'm on that topic, why do people name, you know, big, strong, powerful dogs, these awful tough guy names. Why and then say, oh, they're a, they're a pussycat. Right, right. Like Rambo. Turk or, or, or Brick or Tuffy. They have, all these, they have these really macho names for them, right? You know, if I had a big dog who was, you know, potentially kind of a rough dog, I'd name him like Daisy or <laughs> Bella, something really sweet sounding, right? So that that day that came when I'm in court, you know. Just, just, just to prepare for the lawsuit. Exactly, you know. <laughs> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the plaintiff, David Gaskill. He says he moved into the defendant's house and her pit bulls attacked his black cat named Handsome. And he ultimately succumbed to his injuries. The defendant owes him big time for the vet bills. She refuses to pay him and he's suing her in this court for every penny of the $1,300 he's owed. This is the defendant, Carrie Ann Kennedy. She says she warned the plaintiff it was a bad idea to move into her home with his cat because her pit bulls had never been around a cat and she didn't want any trouble. He refused to take her advice. He left his door open and her dogs went after the cat. She's accused of causing Handsome's demise. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he moved into the defendant's house and the defendant's vicious pit bull attacked his cat, Handsome, killing it. But the defendant claims she told the plaintiff it was a bad idea to bring his cat into the house when he moved in. He ignored her and she's sorry, but she doesn't owe him any money. It's the case of R.I.P. Handsome. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Gaskell, you're suing Ms. Kennedy, your former roommate, correct? Correct. For $1,300 that you say is still owed to you um, for vet bills because her dog attacked your cat. Tell me what happened here. Um, <clears throat> one night on the, the night in question that we're talking about, um, she had came in a little under the weather. She had drinking a little too much, and I had told her not to come in. And she Not still to come ended in to where? Inside my bedroom. Okay. And when she and did, the, the why, dogs were why right Why did you tell her, her not to come into your bedroom? To be honest, I knew she had a lot to drink, and I knew she wanted to go out, and I didn't. So I said, instead of having an argument or talking about it, I just said, don't come in. I wanted to leave it at that. And she insisted on coming in, and when she did, the dogs came in right behind her. And the cats and the dogs got into. Okay, but so I'm. Why don't we backtrack a bit? Um, You moved into her place, correct? Correct. And you brought a cat to a house with two pit bulls, and according to you, Miss Kennedy, you didn't think it was a good idea, correct? Absolutely not. Why not? Because one dog I just got, he was only uh, eight months old at the time, and he had never seen a cat. The other dog, Annie, the female, she had grew up with the cat. So Boston being as young as he was, I didn't trust him with the cat. So why did you let him move in with the cat? I did not. I told him a few times that I did not think it was a good idea. He could move in, but not bring the cat. But why? Um, But then in the end, you let the cat come in, right? I I did. I said, if anything happens, then you have to be fully responsible for it. So I don't understand. So what is everyone's genius theory here? That the cat would live in the bedroom and never come out? Is that your genius theory here, Mr. Gaskell? That you'd bring the cat to a home with two pit bulls because, gosh darn it, you want your cat. Even if it's potentially deadly to your cat, 
I, I know your needs are way more paramount than your pets, but exactly what was your theory about your, how your cat was going to live? My cat stayed in the room. He had no problem staying in the room. He had the litter box. He had his food. He had everything in his room. He never left. I'm sure your room is the bee's knees. <laughs> Nobody would ever want to leave your room after setting foot there. But literally, the cat just never left your room. That was your that was he your master would. plan. Okay. So uh, how long do you live that way before the first time that this happens that you just described? A month. Okay. Oh, look at that. Wow, mm. a whole month. What happened, actually? The dogs come in and did what? One dog goes up and over my bed. The other one goes around the bed. The cat is cornered in the corner, and they attacked him. Both of them, not just one. So what did you do? I got up. I grabbed the dog. I was pulling the dog off. Kerry was sitting there yelling, screaming, kind of not really knowing what was going on. And at that time, I was getting rid of the cat out of the dog's mouth. Did you take the cat to the vet? We did. That night? Yes. And what did the vet say? The vet said that the cat was going to need surgery. So what kind of surgery did they perform? They performed an open surgery on his stomach where the puncture was from the dog. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of the full dis- of the full surgery, but I sent in pictures of um, the picture of the um, stitches with along the uh, vet bill of everything that was proceed that happened. And the vet bill was two thousand seven hundred and eighty-seven dollars and thirty cents. Yes. Okay. So now let me ask you, Ms. Kennedy, when this happens, did you sober up? I uh, quickly, very yeah. quickly, and um, did you feel I, bad? I was aware that the dog. Absolutely. Did you feel Absolutely. like it was your fault? I, I did. And I said I would pay the, the bill that time. I did. Okay. I, I, and was how my much dog, do you think the bill was that time? I had no idea. Nobody told me. Um, I Nobody tried to showed you the bill? Care card. Nobody. I saw it uh, two months ago, and it was like $2,700. And uh, there was two accounts. I paid for the first vet bill. He took money off. We took money off his rent. It was $500. He was paying $600 in rent. He paid. He stayed there for four, three months after. So we took $500 off one month, $500 off the second, $500. That's $1,500. Then he ended up moving out. He didn't give me the 30 days. He gave me two weeks, gave me a, pot, a bag of pot, and said that that should succumb for my, for the $100 that he owes me for that month. And he ended up leaving. Okay. That's Did what he gave Did you accept the bag of pot as payment? I, I didn't know what to do at that time. I don't smoke pot. I didn't sell pot. Did I, you I put accept it on the, the pot? Table to, I just put it on the dining room table. It was gone after that. I, never I don't know what again. that means. Did you accept the pot as payment? We all know the answer is yes. No. Can you just say yes if the answer is yes? Because it'll affect your credibility on other things. <laughs> I, I guess I did, yes. I'm sorry, I did. Mr. Mr. Gaskill, according to you, she paid you another hundred at one point and another hundred at another point. You actually give her credit for paying seventeen hundred of the bill. Is that correct? Correct. Then what happens? Um, I moved out and I had made a plan with her every week to get a hundred dollars. Oh no, no, no. Before you move out, what happens? In what regards? To your cat. Oh, the cat got ended up getting attacked again. Um, about a month later into his surgery as he was healing, which at that time was my fault. What I happened? Got up in, Tell me all about it. Um, I got up in the middle of the night to go get a drink, and I left the door open a little bit, not realizing what I did. And as soon as I went downstairs, I heard Kerry screaming that the dogs ran into the room again. They got him, and almost the same outcome. The cat was in the oh, dog's Oh, it was a mouth. little different outcome, though, right? Because this time they killed your cat. <laughs> He ended up dying after the surgery, yes. Right, 
Right. So how do you feel now about the idea of making a decision that you wanted your cat, uh, despite the fact that it was a house with two pit bulls? I feel like I'm kind of the bad guy in this. But when we say that, there was a cat there when I moved in. So when she said that the cat was- What difference does it make? The question is, can your cat survive it? And you already had evidence that your cat couldn't. After that first attack, when your cat was miraculously alive, why in God's green acres did you keep that cat in that house? Who does that? Your cat would have, I, I hate to say it, but your cat would have had a better life at a kill shelter where it would have been peaceful instead of getting eaten the second time. I mean, what kind of selfish pet owners are you people that you would sit there and put the cat through this a second time? A first time is astounding, but a second time. And I say that to both of you. How could you possibly let that poor cat have this demise? To speak on that, I had two options, either rehome it. Yeah, rehome it. You selfish, selfish man. Rehome it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have the option. to. No, you could. There's lots of options for you. You know what was the worst one? Let the cat be eaten. That was the worst one. And you, Miss Kennedy, they're your dogs. Why would you allow the cat after the first one to still be in that house? I, I told him the vet advised him to. I said not to, but he said the cat had nowhere to go and nowhere to heal. The vet said not to bring the cat back to heal there. Oh, not at all. I know. And I and honest to God, each time it's because of you people, because the animals are animals. It's you people leaving one opening the door, the other one leaving the door open. That's why you don't bring the cat into that house to begin with, because someone's going to leave an open door. For the love of God. Why is it you haven't finished paying this off? Because the first time was my fault and the second time was his fault. He left the door open. The vet and I. He doesn't dispute that. The first bill is 2,700 and something. How much was your second bill, Mr. Gaskill? $637, which was paid for. Which was what? Just putting the cat down? No, for the second surgery. And then after the surgery, the cat made it through and then had the brain tumor shot to his brain, uh, the uh, clogged artery shot to his brain. After the second bill, he is not suing you for Miss Kennedy. He's only suing you for the first bill. Do you realize that now? Now I do. Yes. Like I said, I've never seen a bill. I'm ordering a verdict in favor of the plaintiff for one thousand eighty seven dollars and thirty cents. So the plaintiff prevails. The judge has ordered the defendant to pay him $1,087. Uh, Ms. Kennedy, the defendant, let me ask you, you know, the judge lit into both of you for being uh, irresponsible, yes, really, sir. for letting the cat come into the house with two pit bulls. Um, how do you respond to the judge's decision? She's absolutely correct. The cat never should have been there in the first place. I, I do take full responsibility for my dogs and myself opening that door and the pit bulls getting in. Well, you're going to have to pay the $1,087 that the judge decided. Now, another question is, with their reputation, why do you have two pit bulls in your house? My pit bulls are the greatest pit bulls. It, it's, it's a false thing to say that pit bulls are, are awful or attack dogs. They are not. They are the kindest dogs. They just want tender love and care. Uh, Boston did not know what a cat was. He just wanted to know what it was. And when they got in there, they just got excited. And he was living in a room that they hadn't been in since my mother passed away. They wanted to get in the room, too. And they could smell the cat from the hallway. They just wanted to see the cat. 
All right. Well, you learned a tough lesson the hard way, and it cost you. cost you dearly. Sorry about that. And Mr. Gaskell, uh, the judge let into you, too, for bringing the cat there. I mean, it was a stupid decision on your part. You agree? Yep. I do. It was a stupid decision. But at the time when I said that I couldn't rehome him, I had nobody that could take him at the time, and I didn't want to bring him to MSPCA. So I felt that if I could make sure that that door stayed shut and nothing happened, but I, I was wrong, and I, I hold that every day since he died. Yeah, what a stupid, stupid mistake, indeed. All right. Well, at least you're going to get some money back to pay for that, uh, that first vet bill. Okay, Harvey, what do you think? Doug, FYI, unfortunately, animals are considered property. So in the death of an animal, all you get is whatever the retail value is, and that may be close to nothing. Question for Judge Millian. The sport of pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the world. I know that it's very popular in Florida. Have you or your husband or daughters played pickleball? We have not. None of us have. But I have a good friend who's also my wakeboarding queen, Paula, who plays pickleball a lot. And I know that there's a lot of it, it is really exploding. And I, I know there's a lot of places where uh, people are urging uh, municipalities to create, right. just like you might pickleball have a municipal courts. tennis court to create pickleball pickleball court. Yeah, I already have pinball and golf. Yeah, you have. You already those have enough jealous those, mistresses, yeah, or you exactly. Know, you don't need any those more. Those are my time wasters. Yeah, exactly. And jealous mistresses. You'll never see me if I take up <laughs> pickleball ever. That'll do it for this session of the People's Court. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.